Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. After years of getting bumped and replaced, the time has finally come for us to cover Alistair Crowley. Today, we'll dive into Crowley's upbringing in a well-off, well-adjusted home. We'll take a look at his education and his early experiences and thoughts on sexuality. We'll also discuss his introduction and fascination with magic and the occult, and take a look at how he developed the foundation for his order called the Lemma. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're interested in learning all about sylphs, stick around and let us enlighten you with the wisdom of Mr. Crowley. Spoiler alert, for listeners in yeah, it does not stand for Sister I'd Like to Fuck. This is Necronomopod. It's very similar to Dharma in Buddhism. It's sort of uh, what you're here for, what your purpose is. You know, people think of like a spiritual practice that the entire point, the entire aim of a spiritual practice is to, you know, whatever terminology you want to use, become one with divinity or, you know, union with uh, God, you know, whatever concept, whatever name you want to put on that concept. But in actuality, if that were the only purpose for our existence, we would have never been born because we were that before we were born. The point of magic, part of the point of magic, is to help you figure out what your will is, what you're here to do. Once you figure that out and apply yourself to it 100% with all your heart, then things like despair and depression, they sort of fall into the background. So Ian, it turns out after all these years of saying Crowley, it's actually probably Crowley, right? Yep, it is. Interesting. Well, we addressed it. Get off our dicks about it. <laughs> I figured we hear from all those UK wankers about how we were pronouncing it wrong. So we should start off the bat by saying that. It's not how Ozzy taught us, Dave. I, I agree. And Ozzy's a good English bloke. You would have thought he would have pronounced it properly. Yeah. I take my cues from Ozzy. You have that tattooed on your tricep, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Take my cues from Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking and it said that there's a instance where he rhymed. There's nothing, there's no audio of him pronouncing his name, but he, in some of his poetry, he rhymed his name with unholy, right. unholy Crowley. So 
there's a girl on YouTube that I watched. Uh, dad, I think it's Dad or Dot, D A apostrophe A T, darling. Free, free plugs over here. Well, she <laughs> a lot of she did a lot of uh, her videos helped me out a lot for this, but um, that's what she pronounced it Crowley the All whole right. time. We will not be. No, we won't. <laughs> So it would be too hard to change after all these years. Write us a strongly worded letter and then go ahead and throw it in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Crowley doesn't really roll off. Sounds awful, right? Awful. Well, it's been two years of talking about him, right? Two and a half years. This guy's been bumped so many times. Unfairly so. He was just always one that we would like throw in on like our schedule to uh, cover. And then something would go long and be like, well, Bumping old uh, Alistair. Now he gets not one, but two weeks dedicated just to him. Wow. In October, no less. What about Israel Keys, Mike? What is that <laughs> show going to be? We will do a 30-minute episode on Israel Keys sometime. April 1st of uh, 2022, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but then the, the, it's like a double joke because that will be the only show. <laughs> People will think it's a joke, but they know it's, it's, a, it's like a swerve, bro. And then that is the show. <laughs> That comprehensive Bundy episode we did of, uh, in April of last year was probably one of my favorite episodes. It was good. We literally covered every aspect of Bundy's life. It was perfect. I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said. Available in the Patreon archives. The Great Beast 666, the wickedest man in the world, Aleister Crowley, was born Edward Alexander Crowley in Warwickshire, Britain on October 12th, 1875. Right off the bat with his birth year, 1875 was the year that our favorite occultist, Madame Blavatsky, founded the Theosophical Society, which later on in life, Crowley would say that this was not a coincidence, that this was part of his path as an occultist. Very much like Madame Blavatsky, Crowley was born into a very wealthy family. His father, Edward, was a Quaker who was trained to be an engineer. However, his father never had to work. The Crowley family owned a brewing business that made them very wealthy, like millionaires in today's money. That sounds good. Yeah. I wish I could have been born into a brewing family. He was able to retire before uh, Alistair was even born. Uh, Also sounds great. Mm -hmm. Well, you went out and you started your own podcast business yeah we're getting there you don't need to be born pretty good you don't need to be born in anything (laughs) you're a self-made man that's true mike thanks man of course also fun fact that all of you listeners can take to your next cocktail party two former united states presidents were quakers richard m nixon and herbert hoover is that right so go ahead use that share it (laughs) with whoever you must and uh you know you can look smart at your next cocktail party Putting it in my back pocket. I actually knew Nixon. I didn't know who you know, Yes, correct. I would have known neither of those. <laughs> I would. Now you know probably, how I feel every week, uh, every show we do. <laughs> I probably would have guessed like George Washington or somebody like that. Anyone old school? Yeah, like would have never guessed that it was uh, 20th century. Presidents. No, I don't think of when I think of Quakers. I don't think of anything re- remotely recent. I think of Oates. Yes, that's I, it. I 100 percent do too. Is there even I another actually, oatmeal company? Like I don't know. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> worth your time, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think of Quaker Oats, and I also think of Nixon because for whatever reason, that one just always stuck with me. Yeah, 
when Edward and Crowley's mother, Emily, got married, Edward felt that being a Quaker wasn't strict enough. He wanted more word for word from the Bible. He ended up finding the Plymouth Brethren, which is an evangelical spinoff that is one of those literally every word from the Bible is fact. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, science how, proves that. How else are you <laughs> supposed to interpret the Bible? As is, right? Every word, Mike, is the word of the Lord written by him through man. The Lord doesn't lie. Never. Channeled. Channeled, exactly. Much like, like Aleister Crowley's book. Oh. I like where this heading. <laughs> Show's going to be good. Within the Plymouth Brethren, there's two subgroups, open and closed. The open ones believe that Christians in general make it to heaven, while the closed group believe that only Plymouth Brethren members will make it to heaven, and the Crowleys were in the closed group. Uh, and it was very strict growing up with religion, with his father even reading a chapter of the Bible every morning at breakfast. Yeah, how do you guys eat breakfast? <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. That's what I do when I have my Quaker oats and <laughs> read the Bible. Just plain Quaker oats, right? No, uh, nothing in them, just plain oatmeal, right? Plain, just, you know, and then four ounces of orange juice and five ounces of black coffee. <laughs> I'm ready for my day. Oatmeal's <laughs> terrible. Oh, awful. I like the one with the dinosaur eggs in it, but other than that, I have never been able to get into oatmeal. Nah. I've never been able to get into the Bible, so. <laughs> What's the uh, uh, first scene of season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm when they're talking about skin color? And Larry's like, yeah, you're right. White people are just various shades of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> or warm cereal or something like that. Or warm, warm oatmeal? Warm Is that what it was? Something. Yeah, it was great. Something like that. Leon's, also, it's very- like, yeah, I love my skin color. I'm a fucking mahogany. <laughs> Mocha. Is that what it is? Mocha. It's also interesting that different religions like that think that somehow they've unlocked the key and they're the only ones they're getting to heaven. It's very strange. Yeah. Remember uh, David Berg said that they could just pray the other people out? The 144,000, <laughs> remember he said that? Oh, yeah, like, yeah that's right, because the, the 144,000 or the Jehovah, whatever it was from the Bible, and yeah. they prayed they could remove one and take their place. <laughs> yeah. So he, they're admitting that other people could get into heaven. Yeah other religions but you can pray them out you can out prayer them yeah like they i don't know that's some interesting kinda, yeah <laughs> well you're not gonna beat them into heaven so you gotta beat them on the field we'll out pray them crowley's parents nicknamed him alec which he hated he also generally despised his mother throughout life even though both parents spoiled him and this is something that crowley admits through life that he was spoiled and doesn't really have a reason for hating his mother other than that he didn't like the way she looked. These two were always fighting, which led to Crowley's mother calling him the beast. He loved that nickname because all that reading the Bible daily got him obsessed with the book of Revelations and the beast 666 are brought up in Revelation. So to him, he was more than happy to be the beast. At eight years old, Crowley was sent to H.T. Habersham's Evangelical Boarding School and then to Ebor Preparatory School. Ebor was ran by a guy named Reverend Henry Chapney, who Crowley did not get along with at all. Then at 11 years old, Crowley's father died from tongue cancer, 
which Crowley said that this was a turning point in his life. You know what they say about tongue cancer, Ian? <laughs> What's that? It's an unspeakable horror. God <laughs> <Our> damn pal. <laughs> unspeakable. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Crowley viewed his father as a best friend and hero, but Crowley also received a very large inheritance. He got the equivalent of $7 million in today's money and then really started giving Reverend Chapney shit. Crowley was constantly in trouble, which resulted in physical punishments, and Crowley later writing that Reverend Chapney was a masochist. Like he got off on it. Well, when you're 11 and you have FU money already, it, I mean, it's probably not easy to be in school. Yeah. I think we have actual audio of uh, Crowley answering one of his teachers. Get fucked. <laughs> That's probably how it went. <laughs> Took a page out of Ian uh, Namapod. That's book. right. <laughs> What's two plus two, Alistair? Get fucked. <laughs> Throws a $100 bell in the teacher's face and just walks out. <laughs> After his time at Ebor, Crowley attended Malvern College and Tonbridge School, but dropped out of both pretty quick. He also went against his religious upbringing and went all in on cigarettes and sleeping with sex workers. The sex workers led to Crowley contracting gonorrhea, and he was sent to live with a tutor that was part of that closed Plymouth Brethren group. So I was curious about that. I looked and penicillin was not invented until 1928. So I'm like, hmm, what did they treat gonorrhea with before that? And it said that they had invented several surgical devices that they used to inject mercury into the the uh, urinary opening. <laughs> and it didn't work out for some people. Didn't so they were solid. shooting mercury into your dick when Doesn't, you had gonorrhea. Well, how do you party? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it would work out for anyone. No. Man, before they came up with penicillin, it was yeah. probably not a good time. <laughs> Shooting mercury into your dick. <laughs> Who thought of that? Thus were the times. Oh. So, yeah, some of that stuff you wonder, like, what led to that idea? Or if it was like, we haven't tried this yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw well, whatever. Against it was your, <laughs> yeah. Give them another shot of whiskey. Like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. What a horrible time to be alive. Even though he was pushing back on religion, the setup seemed to work well for Crowley. He started taking chemistry classes at Eastbourne College, and he also got into some hobbies. He got into chess, poetry, and mountain climbing. Uh, he got so into mountain climbing that in 1894, Crowley joined the Scottish Mountaineering Club and took part in multiple expeditions. It was also around this time that Crowley officially adopted the name Alistair Crowley, and he said, quote, For many years I had loathed being called Alec, partly because of the unpleasant sound and sight of the word, partly because it was the name by which my mother called me. Edward did not seem to suit me, and the diminutives Ted or Ned were even less appropriate. Alexander was too long, and Sandy suggested toe hair and freckles. I had read in some book or other that the most favorable name for becoming famous was one consisting of a dactyl followed by a spondy, as at the end of a hexameter, like Jeremy Taylor. Alistair Crowley fulfilled these conditions, and Alistair is the Gaelic form of Alexander. To adopt it would satisfy my romantic ideals. 
I agree. It's one of the coolest fucking names ever. Yeah. I love the name Alistair. Pretty sweet name. I have a dopey name, Dave. <laughs> I would love to be called Alistair. <laughs> I always remember reading an interview with Penn Jillette. He named his daughter Moxie Crime Fighter. Did you know that Moxie no. Crime Fighter? And they, they asked him about it or something. And he goes, it's only losers with names like Dave that think having an unusual <laughs> name is not good. <laughs> you know what, Pendulette? You're absolutely right. I'd rather be Moxie Crime Fighter. Moxie's all right. That's a cool name. Crime, crime Fighter's your middle name? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> like, you have to be a superhero then. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Okay. It's not the route I would go. I feel no. like you're setting that kid up for an <laughs> Moxie's sweet, though. After he changed his name in 1895, Crowley started a three-year philosophy program at Trinity College in Cambridge. After a while, he lost interest and wanted to pursue English literature. This was something that wasn't offered at Trinity, but Crowley was able to talk faculty into creating the program for him. Crowley also kept up in his hobbies and thought of becoming a professional chess player. And at the same time, he started receiving recognition in the world of mountain climbing and set a couple records for the time. He's like a renaissance man. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Seven million dollars will allow you to well, do that. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. You can afford hobbies. Good point. The following year in 1896, Crowley had what he called his first mystical experience, like an awakening. A lot of biographers point to Crowley's first sexual experience with a man as what he was ta later talking about as this first mystical experience. Now, the first time your dick's in someone's mouth, it's pretty mystical. So, yeah, I understand that. Sounds about right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In 1897, Crowley started a relationship with a guy named Herbert Pollitt, who was a fellow student with Crowley at Trinity. Crowley wrote a lot of poetry throughout his life, and at this time he wrote some about Pollitt when they broke up. These poems were never published, and all copies were, were destroyed besides copies that were written in a small book that Crowley kept with him until he died. Biographers point to this as showing how much the relationship with Pollitt meant to Crowley, but he could never publish them. One, same-sex relationships were illegal at the time, and two, Crowley couldn't be seen as heartbroken. Like, that wouldn't be a good look for the great beast 666. Can't show feelings. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Supposed to be summoning the devil, not yeah. uh, pining away over someone. Sorrow doesn't exist. <laughs> Uh, this is one of his poems about Pollitt. Pollitt was rather plain than otherwise. His face was made tragic by the terrible hunger of the eyes and the bitter sadness of the mouth. He possessed one physical beauty, his hair. Its color was pale gold, like spring sunshine, and its texture of the finest gossamer. The relation between us was that ideal intimacy which Greeks considered the greatest glory of manhood and the most precious prize of life. So after those two broke up, Crowley started to sleep with sex workers again until he caught syphilis. Uh oh, more mercury. No. <laughs> you know what I say when they're going to shoot mercury into my penis? Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Take my chances, fella. So once he caught syphilis, he then decided to travel to St. Petersburg, Russia, where he was considering to work as a diplomat. <laughs> How does that work? 
Look show. here, see, I'm <laughs> considering being a diplomat. I'm going to go to Russia today. And then they check your LinkedIn profile, and then you get an interview. <laughs> You're hired as a diplomat. Here's your mercury right in your penis. <laughs> in October of 1897, Crowley got sick. Might have had something to do with that syphilis. You're the mercury. Yeah. <laughs> But this caused him to, to dial back the thoughts of being a diplomat. Well, I'm reconsidering my <laughs> diplomatic status, see? And nah, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> yes, I got seven million bucks. I'm bored with the diplomat lifestyle. I'll just buy Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so and then he started focusing on his interest in the occult. He got a hold of the Book of Black Magic and of Pax, as well as the Cloud Upon the Sanctuary, which really pushed him into pursuing the occult. In August of 1898, Crowley showed up in Zermatt, Switzerland, where he met chemist Julian Baker, and the two found out that they had a common interest in alchemy. Baker introduced Crowley to a guy named George Jones, who was Baker's brother-in-law and a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. So alchemy is turning lead or other base metals into gold. I'm surprised to read or to hear that they were still trying to do that 100 years ago. I thought we had already determined that that was not possible. It's still real to them, damn it. (laughs) I think there are uh, probably even today some people that are still either attempting or researching Mm. into it, I bet. Or maybe taking the magic route, like maybe that was tied in the Golden Dawn, trying to, I don't know, cast a spell, alchemist spell. Interesting. The Golden Dawn was a group founded in 1888 and dedicated to studying everything occult, metaphysical, and paranormal, as well as practicing magic. Magic being the practice of using your will to manifest your intentions, controlling spirits, and uh, a lot of other stuff that's way too much to get into in one episode. Crowley believed in the objective existence of magic, which he spelled M-A-G-I-C-K, mainly to differentiate between manifesting things and occult practices versus pulling a rabbit out of a hat or you know, card tricks and shit. Do you like magic shows like that? Kind of cool. I like sleight of hand type stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't really care for like the, I'm going to cut this person in half. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> or <laughs> make the Statue of Liberty disappear like yeah. David Copperfield used to do. Yeah, it's just like, so uh, dumb. <laughs> like I'll see those videos of like David Blaine doing like card tricks and stuff. That's wild. It is wild. Yeah, it's like really cool. I like stuff. David Blaine too. Crowley defined magic as a mix between science and art, allowing changes in reality to occur via someone's will. He also said magic would allow a person to communicate with beings on a higher plane than ours, like various spirits or some other type of entity. And that's kind of where I'm at on higher planes, that they're different dimensions and aliens, ghosts, angels, demons all that stuff are one in the same and it has a lot to do with how people perceive things based on their own reality and you believe in that kind of magic the ability to manifest things right and will stuff yeah the idea of everything being one gets brought up by this guy named uh, frederick holiday in a book called the goblin universe 
And it's basically saying that literally all of these paranormal things, like even Bigfoot, and he specifically started this based on the Loch Ness Monster, this Frederick Holiday guy, um, but that they are all just these interdimensional beings, th- these things that we can't really understand, and we perceive them as whatever we see based on our reality and what we're ex- either expecting to see or... So they're the, all the same kind of entity or they're all the same entity and we just project... Project our reality So the Loch Ness Monster is Bigfoot, is Sasquatch, is the Yeti, is... Aliens, is angels, is all huh. of it. It's interesting. It's an interesting uh, idea for sure. I'd love to read that book, but it's out of print and very mm. rare. It's like $1,000 on eBay or whatever. We'll get you a copy. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. About it. Mike has ins at the bookstore. He's there all the time. I am. I'll, I'll talk to my people. Okay. Crowley saw magic as a third way between religion and science, and he urged people practicing magic to go at it in a more scientific way, meaning take notes and keep a journal of your progress, like what works, what doesn't work. Crowley referenced anthropologist James Frazier, who said that magic needed to be done away with to move forward with science, while Crowley believed that magic just needed to adapt and grow with the new age science. It's kind of a bridge from the dark ages to modern scientific thought. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. I like the idea of keeping the journals too. Mm-hmm. Well, anything's better with keeping a record and proving it through science. Sure. You still would never be able to prove any of this, but I guess it's. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Dave, what do you think those journals said about what they're um, using a mercury? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Like in quotes, <laughs> ouch, or get fucked, and then patient lost consciousness yeah, and died from mercury poisoning. Well, it's either that or syphilis. Come on. I don't know. Didn't uh, Al Capone die from syphilis? I think he did. Isn't that the one that fucks with your head after a while? Yeah, it rots your brain, right? Yeah. No, thanks. Mm-mm. I choose celibacy, Mike. <laughs> Well, just like you and high school. That's why you got a very strong right <laughs> forearm. <laughs> I'm still celibate. <laughs> let go and let God. Are you going to be celebrating Jesus Ween on October 31st instead of Halloween? I'm considering it. We you stole should. we stole Christmas from them. We owe them one, right? They should take this one for that. No, oh. it's the exact opposite. <laughs> I if, disagree. If, no. Christmas was a pagan holiday and it was stolen. Allegedly. What book said that? <laughs> Every Because my book, book. my book says that it was Jesus's birthday. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> you have the good book, right? We, we owe him one, right? Let him have, you know, what is it? Jesus dick day? What is it? <laughs> Jesus dangle day? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let him, let him, you know. So you're pro Jesus ween. Of course. Hey, if it means they're not going to be protesting out at other things or, you know, <laughs> ruining our fucking day by passing out, you know, apples and stuff and like rosaries. Yeah. Let them go fucking in their communes, pass out whatever the hell they're passing out. I, Mike, I believe you misunderstand Jesus. Ween. It's the whole idea is to pass out Bibles and stuff. That's what I'm saying. They do it at their own commune. No, they're going to do it when your kids go to the door. Well, they're going to get polywops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is instead of giving out candy, they give out Bibles. Yeah, I just thought it was like 
well, we choose to celebrate this with all of the other Christians. Like, oh, I didn't know no. it was like they're going to force it upon yeah. you. Yeah, right, no. Well, bet their houses get egged. <laughs> Soap in their windows. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, that's going to be a fun uh, November 1st for all those families that celebrate Jesus Dick Day. <laughs> if I find a Bible in my kid's Halloween bag. You're getting your windows soap, pal. That's not even by the Bottom kids. line. That's not even by the kids. That's my day. He's a fully grown adult. <laughs> You might egg your house too, and then we're going to come TP it. <laughs> Just like the people that used to give you five pennies and wrapped up in foil. Yeah. You get soaped, all right? I never, like I never floss had, or some shit. <laughs> get with I've, the program. I've had floss. I've never had pennies wrapped in foil. I've had change, but not like, what's the foil thing? They like just wrap to, change in foil <laughs> just so they could easily toss it in your bag. I feel like that also makes for like a good brass knuckle, though. That's how, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, it was an 80s thing. One of the Rougeau brothers that one time knocked out uh, Dynamite Kid. He had a roll of quarters in his fist. Really? He hit him when the Dynamite Kid was like being a bully backstage. Knocked out all of his front teeth. It's on Dark Side of Wrestling. You'll see it. It's not great. No. So they're essentially making little weapons for kids. <laughs> like you could have turned around, take, taken that day and pop them in the mouth with it, use their own <laughs> gift against them and then polywopped them and then egg their house. And then soaped it for good measure. What is the soaping thing? Soaped? You take like soap and like hard soap and rub it all over their windows. So oh, scrub it off. I'm pool. thinking like Dawn and you're like, like <laughs> so you're cleaning their windows. It's like a thank you. Hard soap. So like, like it dries on yeah. there. That's petty ass shit, man. <laughs> Give me a fucking Bible on Halloween. <laughs> have you ever gotten a Bible on Halloween? I have not. Nah. Excuse well, me. maybe I got like I'm a little Jesus pamphlet or something. Yeah. Snuck in there. Yeah, Halloween exactly. isn't real. <laughs> and, I, and, what did, and what did Ian say to him, Dave? Get fucked. Oh. Exactly. Four-year-old Ian in his little you know, <laughs> bumblebee costume. I say that because I was a bumblebee once as a little kid. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. yeah. The end. <laughs> I don't remember any other costume except Can that. we get pictures of that for... I don't, I don't even know if that exists. If I can find them, sure. I'm going to call your mom tomorrow, see if we can get that for Necronomapod.com. All right, good luck. <laughs> for Necronomapod.com. Because <laughs> we post so much there. <laughs> Sure. And then it'll get zero hits. <laughs> Sexuality also played a big role in Crowley's beliefs about magic. He detailed three forms of sex magic, autoerotic, homosexual, and heterosexual, and said that sex could be used to focus the person's will onto a specific goal like financial gain or personal creative success. Charging things like sigils with sex magic is pretty common, but Crowley believed you could charge yourself with sex as a sacrament. Sexual fluids would act as a Eucharist. And a lot of times this was done by making what are known as cakes of light, which is a biscuit containing menstrual blood or a mixture of sperm and vaginal fluid. <laughs> so not a crumb cake, a cum cake. Yep. Sounds delicious. Or a, a period pie. Mm. Give me a slice of that period pie, <laughs> Mr. Crowley. Count yum, yum. In. Count me in. It just makes me think of uh, Midsummer when the yeah. uh, the girl marks uh, her boyfriend with her, his drink with her period oh. blood. I totally remember that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch it the theaters. first time. 
I didn't notice it the first time. That's a movie you got to watch a few times. Yeah. How does she do it? Like, does she have like a little vial? So, no, it doesn't even show her do it. Like in the beginning, there's this tapestry that shows that has like a lot of symbolism. It's really kind of it's kind of magic based, like real ritualistic. But it has a uh, there's like these tapestries that show kind of what's going to happen in the movie. And that's one of them is like her having her period. And then it like allows her like she wants this guy to be the first one. She wants to lose her virginity with this guy. And so she thinks by him drinking her. It mark it like marks him that he's hers kind of thing. Oh, but they're all that? drink. They're all drinking lemonade. And I didn't notice it the first time. But the second time watching it through, you notice his is like this orange tinted color compared to everybody else's. It, lemonade should not be orange tinted, period. No. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> um go ahead dave i'd lost what i was gonna say <laughs> Fuck. i was gonna say I'm, I'm ready for ari aster's third movie i'm uh it's overdue yeah. well, the first one was uh what's it called hereditary hereditary and then midsummer yep and then what's in the third one? I don't know. Disappointment Boulevard. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I thought you were, I thought that no, was you no. saying there's no way you can follow these two up. <laughs> Better not be so called that. Be Disappointment Boulevard. <laughs> I was like, God damn, you buried the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Disappointment Boulevard and starring Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. All right. Is he going method for this one? I don't know. He likes to do that sometimes. Big fan. All I'm going to say is uh, there's a subgroup of people that don't like Hereditary. They don't get it. They bash it. I'm just going to say you're all wrong. <laughs> it is one of the greatest movies ever, and uh, we're going to leave it at that. So I, we talk about this all the time. I liked Hereditary. I can't get past the scene where he decapitates his own sister, and they're just like, ah, moving on. What do you want for breakfast? What do you want him to do? You know, you know, have like a, a whole emotional distraught scene about this well there was that whole bit where tony collette's like screaming but then that was like that night and then the next morning no problem we're gonna pretend that that never happened that our daughter was not you know brutally killed in a car accident i couldn't get past it maybe sometimes people do that they just act like nothing happened maybe but not in my movies yeah not in your reality no it was still a good movie (laughs) it's just that that really took a lot out of me it's like my movies have to deal with grief in a specific manner if they fall outside them guidelines i just don't like it but it's like all i don't get it i don't know what they're doing wasn't he like high or something too like he was fucked up there was no consequences for the smoke a joint before he drove the car well that's yeah they were hitting it doesn't get worse than that yeah so he did a weed kill the sister (laughs) so don't tell me weed doesn't kill and then, and then they're just like, "Oh, let's celebrate him!" Oh, <laughs> right. Well, was it really? The fucking Italians would have cut his balls off. Come on, they'd have handled that shit. It wasn't so much about him being high as it was that she was having that allergic reaction, and he was swerving everywhere trying to get her to breathe. He handled it well. He did not, but <laughs> I don't know. It was at that point that I was like, "Okay, I'm tuning out the rest of this movie." It was still good. It was great. I love it. Yeah. I have not seen Midsummer. No comments. You should watch. Well, after it's, all it's this, something. Uh, period blood talk, and how can I not watch it? You're gonna watch Halloween Kills this weekend? Oh, that I will. I'm gonna watch it tonight when I get home. <laughs> well, well documented that I love all of that those movies. That's not a joke. Midsummer had the only part in a movie that I that's ever made me like 
gasp out like audibly like just by myself and like have a reaction what's that the with the mountain like jumping off yeah like it's broad it was, daylight it was it, it zooms yeah, right in yeah, like yeah. i remember sitting there i'm like like took a deep breath I'm like oh my god <laughs> like that just fucking happened that was something yeah it really threw me off you should watch it it's a good one all right it's on the list i just watched the original wicker man the last week and uh it's another good very one. similar I see shades of Wicker Man in Midsummer. So some themes to look forward to in that movie. Yeah. Any kids decapitated in that movie? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you watch that and find out for yourself, Mike. <laughs> Nothing better than kids getting decapitated. <laughs> kill a movie. Sitting there with a fucking hole in the bottom of my popcorn, waiting, you know, for all the fun to start. And then I see a kid get decapitated. <laughs> you know how hard it is to get off after that? I mean, I manage, I'm a professional, but still. Come on. Extra butter, right? Of course. <laughs> you got to do that. It's a horror movie. So, you know, you don't never know what you're going to see. You got to get extra lube just for that that feel. Does it salt when it gets in your penis? Though? Doesn't that kind of like mercury? Does it feel like they're curing gonorrhea in 1870? I've only had mercury injected in my penis once. And I was really blacked out. So I can't okay. really right. compare. But, you know, the salt is a little tingle. That's a little fun little twist to okay. it. Right. So, you know, <laughs> anyways, when you're done with the popcorn, do you suck your dick like Ron Jeremy <laughs> to get the last bits of salt off? <laughs> I'm not that flexible. God, the, great, the good God did not get bless me with uh, the flexibility of Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you for sending that photo, by the way. It's just so much hair everywhere. <laughs> You should post that on Instagram with the black, I will the not black bar. I'll post it. I will not post that. Get us fucking kicked right off. Yeah, I'm not. You can post that. I'd take a ban. It's really funny. They wouldn't. They probably wouldn't ban you. They would just blur the image or remove it. I'll just put a black bar over it. I can do that. Oh, that takes away from the fun, though. I'll just do it. Live a little. I'll you put, won't. You won't do it right now. <laughs> you won't do it right now. People are gonna see like what the fuck, and then on Sunday they'd be like, "Oh, motherfucker!" Just that blind posted tonight with no comment. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it after the show. I think you should do it right now. I'm gonna put a bar in front of it. I'm not getting booted for. Days. <laughs> you won't get booted. <laughs> you might get booted. I'll put a little mercury, uh, <laughs> mercury poison over the top of his penis. So <laughs> Yeah. All right. I'll put the planet Mercury. There you go. Like just multiple times, like <laughs> all the way up, or just like a needle, like an injection. There you go. I'll do that. I, all right. Well, that's gonna be fun to see how that turns out. For like forty-eight hours, we're gonna have a, well twenty-four really by the time it drops. Have a good time with that, and then people are gonna hear this episode, and then they're gonna right. check Dave underscore Namapod Instagram. And you're going to blow up after the episode. Right, uh, I'm going to post it tonight. Okay. So let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> Absolutely. Crowley has widely been called a Satanist and or perceived as evil. And this is just by people who don't like him or what he's talking about. Crowley himself said that he didn't consider himself a Satanist because he didn't believe in the Christian view of Satan existing. Regardless, he still pulled a lot from the book of Revelations, like calling himself the great beast 666 and writing about the whore of Babylon. Plus, it's just fucking cool. Yeah. 
Like all those metal bands didn't have all those cool satanic albums because it was lame as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cool as hell. So back to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Crowley was initiated into the Golden Dawn on November 18th, 1898 by the group's leader, Samuel Mathers. Part of this was taking a new magical name, which Crowley picked Freighter Prudabo, which was interpreted as meaning I shall endure to the end. After the initiation, Crowley moved into his own apartment and soon invited Golden Dawn member Alan Bennett to live with him and be Crowley's personal magic trainer. Bennett taught Crowley how to do ceremonial magic and how to do ritualistic drug use. Bennett eventually moved to South Asia to study Buddhism, and Crowley bought a mansion on the shore of Loch Ness in Scotland, where he continued to write poetry. And within this year, in between 1898 and 1899, he published multiple books, but his poetry book, Jephtha, was the only one that was considered a success by reviewers. Largely, Aleister Crowley is considered not a very good poetry writer. Well... Can't do everything. Nope. So I assume he still has all his money at this point. He's buying mansions on the Loch Ness. Yeah, still a lot of money. Very, uh, very wealthy. Financially responsible. Apparently. We got to have money to make money. And the, the thing, too, with the, with Jephtha is like, it was considered a success, but he didn't make much money off of it because he had to have it printed on the best paper and the best everything. <laughs> it didn't really, it was too expensive to make a profit. Um, so he yeah, kind of screwed yeah. himself with that kind of stuff with that, but so what's involved in the ritualistic drug use? Like, what's all that about? I, like I said, like when I found out about sigils, mm-hmm. like having their own branch, th- like all this, like, uh, ceremonial magic, folk magic, there's so many different yeah. things out there. I would assume it's taking something cause Alistair gets uh, real into peyote eventually in this story. Okay. I would assume it's something like psychedelic stuff. Or maybe opium. I just picture a lot of opium smoking back in those days. I don't know why. Get some DMT maybe. DMT would probably be a good ritualistic drug. Oh, I don't know about back then. I'm just Hmm. running around shooting mercury in your dick. You'd be like, I'm going to do some opium. You got to smoke some opium after that. Just in case they get me. When it came to the Golden Dawn, he moved quickly through the levels. Like all of these things have levels of knowledge. The Order of the Solar Temple, that cult we did, they had levels. Every one of these things does. And other members didn't love that Crowley was figuring it out so quick. Some of them also didn't love his bisexuality and the sex magic he used. This caused the London chapter of the Golden Dawn to refuse initiating Crowley into the second of 10 levels. Crowley then went to Mathers, who personally initiated him to the second level. So then Crowley rolled back into the London chapter, kind of like, fuck you guys, just pushed his way through and was like, I was initiated anyways. And he kind of was just like, I'm not leaving on Mathers' orders. I'm Alistair fucking Crowley. (laughs) Crowley. (laughs) It's just like, I'm not leaving and attempted to take over the london golden dawn temple area which seemed like it was just like this i don't know like a apartment or some type of a workspace area a flat if you will possibly oh they ruin all the good words (laughs) apartment's such a good word right beautiful word 
What about going to the Lou? Do you like that? No. You don't like that either? No. no. It's a shitter. It's America. <laughs> Come beat us and then you can change the words. Like, I don't know what no Lou is. <laughs> going to the John. <laughs> Lifts. Get fucked. It's an elevator. <laughs> Wanker's a good one. I'll give you, you like wanker. wanker. Yeah. Bloody wanker. And I start saying instead of fucko, let's start saying wanko. Sure. Fucking wankos. I'll give him that one. Bloody's good too. Bloody's real good. Yeah. All right. They're on to something. We'll keep them around. All right. We'll keep them around. Piss off's a good one. I do like that. Or take, off, taking wanker. a piss. I like taking a piss yeah. too. Like when you're they, shitting on something. Mm. See, when you're shitting on something, you're taking a piss. <laughs> They do. Have, they have some good stuff. I also like fish and chips. And I like pubs. I like pubs and fish, too. <laughs> Fuck, I might just move over there. I think I'm converting myself. You know what? It is a lift. It's a lift. Change my mind. I would love to go to a football game over there and party with hooligans. Like, that just sounds so fun to me. I don't think we could keep up. We could not keep we up. Wouldn't. It would be so we fun. Be dead. <laughs> I just I just picture Vinny Jones from Euro Trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would not be minding any gaps, Dave. <laughs> that would be so fun. So Crowley refusing to leave, it turned into this whole court case. And when it went to court, Crowley lost, and it was ruled in favor of the Golden Dawn, leaving Crowley and Mathers out. Losing this court case caused drama between Crowley and Mathers. And there are stories of these two in their homes away from each other, trying to summon spirits and shit to attack each other. Kind of like Jack Parsons. Remember after Alron just yeah. like sailed off with the boat, Jack Parsons sat in that apartment in Florida and just was like casting all these spells and shit. <laughs> I sit there and do that sometimes. I send spirits to guys' house and they don't ever show up. No, I close, no, I close my blinds. They <laughs> can't get in there. Nope. All right. I'll try harder. <laughs> It's also, well, I'm also fucked up on opium, so <laughs> they might be in doing whatever they want to be. I don't know. Having the time of my life. <laughs> he's, he's smoking opium in his basement. <laughs> the spirits are knocking on the on the window. <laughs> Can we please come in? Come on. Why can't we scare this fuck? Cut the pipe down. Let us in. Fucking wanko. <laughs> Also, it's it's comical to think of Aleister Crowley suing someone in court. You just would assume that he'd cast a spell and they'd all drop dead. She gets real, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> After all this shit calmed down, Crowley headed to Mexico and settled in Mexico City, where he started studying Anakian magic based on the journals of John D. and Edward Kelly. D. and Kelly wrote these journals back in the 16th century, which largely focused on Anakian language that they said was given to them by angels and how to evoke and control Anakian spirits. They believed that the language they were given also allowed them to gain access to the book of Enoch. So Ian, I, I looked into the book of Enoch a little bit and it's an ancient Hebrew religious text, like one of those early books of the Bible that actually didn't make it into the Bible. Like the B sides. Yeah. They're like, nah, we don't really want to put this in the Bible. So it was uh, said to be written by this guy, Enoch, who was the great grandfather of Noah, who we know from the flood and the ark. That to guy, that Noah. Made most famous by Evan Almighty, start, starring <laughs> Steve Carell. <laughs> Fantastically funny movie. Underrated. 
So it talks about demons, uh, why some angels fell from heaven, an explanation of why the flood was morally necessary, that mass murderer God trying to, uh, you know, tell everyone why he had to do it. Uh, some prophecies about the... <laughs> you know, look, I had to kill him, all right? Tell him I had to go. To <laughs> some prophecies about the thousand-year reign of the Messiah. Uh, spoiler, lasted 33 years. Not a second more. Wow. Talk about not living up to the height. <laughs> yeah, a thousand years. Even worse than me in <laughs> Nailed <college. his> <laughs> Uh The first part of the book of Enoch describes the fall of the watchers. These are the angels who fathered the ancient human hybrid. Excuse me. Angel human hybrids called Nephilim. The Nephilim. Nephilim. I do know that. Term oh, from there you go. Oh, look at this. From alien stuff. That is the All first right. time in the history of the show that Ian has been able to correct Dave on alert. <laughs> <laughs> the Watchers. Isn't that like your favorite show? One of your favorite shows of all time that got like canceled? After, the like, Watchers? What's after, that? Like, no. The Watchmen. Watchmen. Is that the show? Oh, yeah. They did like one season and then oh, it was like. fantastic. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. Watchmen. What? Absolutely. Oh, maybe I'll watch that one. The Watchmen. I could book do one. Fantastic. Season. The movie's fantastic. The but show's fantastic. Why did it get canceled? The guy that wrote it did, just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, he eh. was a one and done. He's like, nah, yeah. just, that was it. I'm going to go home. Thanks for that money, HBO. <laughs> if you've never read the graphic novel, highly recommend it. It's really good. Yeah, it is very good. Not The Watchers. The Watchmen. Watchmen. All right. So the books in this, in this book are The Book of the Watchers, Book of the Parables of Enoch. The Astronomical Book, The Book of Dream Visions, and The Epistle of Enoch. Sounds very Game of Throny to me. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. They're like, yeah, Enoch, we're uh, we're not we're not publishing you in the Bible. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, we're gonna go in a different direction. You did not make the cut. Is in the director's cut. Though. That's right. <laughs> the Bible underneath the parentheses director's cut. <laughs> It's got Enoch and then like four chapters by Scorsese. <laughs> Ancient Aliens gets into that shit. Okay. When they're talking sense. about yeah. the angel human hybrids, that it's really yeah, an alien yeah. human hybrid and the Nephilim or the aliens controlling all that. Do you know Giorgio Sucolos taught me all about that with his See? hair there and everything. Is that like the, the bro dude? Yeah, it okay. always thinks it's aliens. <laughs> I can explain that the alien. <laughs> so while Crowley was working with these journals, one of his friends from the mountain climbing club, Oscar Eckenstein showed back up in Crowley's life and the two started climbing mountains until a volcanic eruption canceled one of their climbs early. At that point, the two went their separate ways with Crowley ending up on a ship sailing to Hawaii. And during that trip to Hawaii, Crowley had an affair with a woman named Mary Alice Rogers, who was the inspiration for his 1903 book of poems titled Alice in Adultery. You can't prove that. Her first name was Mary. <laughs> She's like, uh, pseudonym. Uh, hey, call it Betty, Betty Lou in adultery. Hey, Wanko, can you help me out here? I give you a rim job, Alice. You couldn't hide my name. Oh, you gave me was syphilis and a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> From there, Crowley ended up in India learning yoga. And through yoga, he claimed to have achieved spiritual enlightenment. This is in 1902. And Oscar Eckenstein showed back up in Crowley's life. 
I also don't understand how these people who just randomly show up in each other's lives in these different countries. Like, how the fuck does that happen? No one has cell phones or anything. That's <laughs> right. It's just a whole different stratus of existence when you yeah. have this money. You just travel and do cool shit. And you're like, you know, you're down having a cocktail. You're like, oh, Oscar Eckenstein, how have you been? Yeah, just in India. Like, oh, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> we have all this technology nowadays, and Ian gets lost sharing a backyard with someone's house and can't get home. A lot of them, these people are meeting up in different right. continents. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were like in India and we're like, Ian, come on, hang out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in four years. <laughs> After you do like time in prison for some international law that you ended up breaking amongst your travels. So when these two got back together, uh, they attempted to climb the K2 mountain, which at the time had never been climbed. K2 is the second highest mountain on earth behind Mount Everest. And it's a little over 28,000 feet above sea level. And it's right in between Pakistan and China. Crowley got sick with the flu and malaria on this climb, resulting in them having to turn back. But they made it to 20,000 feet before uh, Alistair said that that was enough. Mountain climbing is just terrifying. I, I, let alone getting the flu and malaria 20,000 feet up on the side of a mountain. I would not be signing up for that. These guys that climb Everest, like, oh, yeah. it's insanity. I can't even imagine. Have you ever read that that John Krakauer book, Into Thin Air, about that that year in the 90s when all those people died on Everest? I like, it's not. terrifying what they went through. Just in the, the freezing to death on the side of the mountain. and It doesn't sound fun in it's any so way, shape, terrible. or form. And there's all those bodies just littered up there because if you die, they don't ever take you down because there's no way to get rid of you and you don't decompose because you're frozen solid. So they're like kind of got, what do you call them? Guide mark, guide stones. Guide stones. As guide you stones. climb up there, they're like, oh, there's the guy in the in the green north face that died in 1997. We're on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Well, the, you know, EMTs are like, oh, we're not fucking going up there to get that body. Just yeah. leave it up there. 25,000 feet up <laughs> in the air. He's, He's fine. never coming down. He's fine. You can Google all those pictures. Google all the, the dead bodies on Everest. Like, it's just so creepy. I think that's enough out of pictures for you for tonight, pal. <laughs> you got your picture limit for the evening. <laughs> Read that book, though. Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. It's wild. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun... You can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. 
Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. Finding a skincare routine that's easy to follow, easy to stick to, that delivers long-lasting results, has been near impossible for most busy men and women. My wife has tried a lot of brands, all different products, all of which promised amazing results. The problem has been making time for complicated routines and way too many products to keep straight. She never used them correctly or constantly forgot a step and just gave up because she didn't see any real results. Hey Honey was a game changer for her. They use honey and bee propolis ingredients that have been used for centuries to create products that eliminate the need for overwhelming amounts of steps in order to see results. For example, the Good Morning Serum acts as a serum and makeup primer that hydrates the skin, all-in-one, easy-to-use product, making it perfect for when you're short on time and it makes traveling a breeze. Hey Honey is real. Using only real testimonies, supported by over 1 million real reviews, promising the real results of each product. Using real, clean ingredients, being a real, planet-friendly brand, and as a real, pro-grade line. For fast-acting, long-lasting, multitasking, and self-adjusting. Visit HeyHoney.com and use promo code NECRO for 20% off your first order. That's HeyHoney.com. Code Necro for 20% off your first order. Next, Crowley showed up in Paris in November 1902, where he met the famous painter Gerald Kelly. Through Gerald Kelly, Crowley met his soon-to-be wife, Rose Edith Kelly. Rose was born on July 23, 1874, to parents Frederick Kelly and Blanche Kelly. On August 31, 1897, she married Major Frederick Scarrett, who was a member of the Royal Army Medical Corps and about 15 years older than her. He died two years later, and in 1901, she traveled to stay with her brother Gerald in Paris, and that's where she met Crowley. Rose was under pressure from her family to get remarried, and they set her up to be married to a friend of Gerald's. Rose wanted nothing to do with this arranged marriage, so Crowley offered to help her out by marrying her with no strings attached just get married and then go their separate ways. She accepted, so Crowley and Rose were married on August 12, 1903 in Dingwall, Scotland. Not really a surprise, but the Kelly family was not happy about this, and Gerald wasn't thrilled with Crowley. And even though they intended on going their separate ways, they decided to go on a honeymoon together that took them from Paris to Cairo, Egypt, where Crowley fell in love with Rose and started trying to figure out how to get Rose to love him back. Doesn't that just figure? Not an awful honeymoon, though, right? Oh, Paris to so Cairo? well traveled. He's, he's living my dream life, man. 
going all over the world everywhere. Kind of sounds like a rom-com though. Like this marriage for convenience and he falls in love with her and the honeymoon has to try to win her over. Like 666 The Beast starring uh, Ryan Reynolds as uh, your favorite cum cake eating uh, magic man, Aleister Crowley. I think that is the uh, plot of the proposal. Uh, Something similar. Who's in that one? It's Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sandra Bullock, I think. I don't know the exact. I haven't seen the movie, but I believe it's mm. something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen I know, the movie. Has, has Mike said any more? Like we should count as the number the, uh, of times he said, I haven't seen the movie. As the rom-com expert, though, on the show, I have not seen that one. Isn't that the one where he's like overweight in high school? And like has no. Oh, is it that one? That's no, a good one. No, yeah. that's... Um, just friends. Yeah. That's really fucking funny. That's, That's with the movie. chick from uh, the scary movies. The uh, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Anna. Okay. Ferris. All right. That's a good one. She's like the celebrity in it. And then uh, shit. Who's like the love interest? I can't remember. That movie's really good. Yeah. Cause it's in like, he's like in a fat suit at the beginning. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like when the he's retainer in, in his mouth. Yeah, yeah when good. he was in high school, and then he like ends up becoming like a a big time a uh, 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 something like producer or something out in L.A. and then comes back home and, yeah. and hooks up with like his old friend that you know he's into. That's a good movie. Too. I kind of want to watch that now instead of Halloween. <laughs> I want to say, is it is it the chick? Uh, it's the chick from Road Trip. Amy, uh, not Amy, Amy Smart. I think it's Amy Smart. Amy Smart, Anna Ferris, and that Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah. That movie is fucking funny. Anyways. I do love a good rom-com. Oh, who doesn't? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Christmas time. You know what that means? The holiday is going to be on TBS almost every week. That's your the favorite. The holiday is fantastic. Anything with Kate Winslet is my favorite, Dave. But that one just, <laughs> that just hits all the feels. All the good feels. All right. All right. As we were. (laughs) In February 1904, Crowley and Rose arrived in Cairo, Egypt, where they lied, saying they were a prince and princess to get in and rented an apartment where Crowley set up a temple room and began invoking Egyptian spirits. I mean, what what else are you going to (laughs) do? On March 16th, 1904, Alistair was trying to impress Rose and used the bornless ritual to summon sylphs, which sylphs are air spirits, first brought up by 16th century doctor and alchemist Paracelsus. They're not sisters you'd like to fuck. They're okay. Yeah. Just want to make that clear. S Y L P H. Got it. Well, but they don't know how to spell them, the places where they're fucking their sisters. <laughs> it's, also, it's also true. <laughs> that could be a sylph. <laughs> and they wouldn't you know, know the difference, right? Right. right. <laughs> well, that's myself. S Y L P H G. So the G is silent. It's a vowel G. <laughs> G's can be vowels or consonants, I heard. That's right, Cletus. <laughs> To my knowledge, Paracelsus is where elementals originate from, whether he discovered them or invented the idea. It's just up to what you believe. But like we said, sylphs are air spirits. Then you have gnomes for earth, salamanders for fire, and undines for water. You got that, Mike? Got it all. It's going to be a quiz at the end. All right. Always, I hope it's multiple choice. Always just go with C. 
It's not multiple choice. How about that? Well, <laughs> is it one of those bullshit short answer tests? Those we actually can, have to know the, the yeah, answer. I can fucking lick my taint. <laughs> like, not only can you just write a word, you have to like give like a short, you know, paragraph as to what it is, why it is the way it is. The That's, fuck out of here. I'm hung over from last night. I don't want to deal with this shit. That C answer is no joke. I remember uh, in driver's ed class in high school, they had the, whatever it was, like the automatic answer things. You had a little scantrons. Whatever like it was the, at your yeah. desk. You just put it on C and go to sleep because you got a 70 something. Yeah. <laughs> it just answered C automatically for every answer. And I'm telling uh, you, man, it works. Yeah. It's no joke. I've seen people that also do like the, you go in order A, B, C, D, C, B, A, A, B, C, D. It was just bullshit. I don't think that works at all. I think you're, you're <laughs> working yourself into a shoot and you're going to fail. <laughs> Stick with one. And I think you're better off. Statistically, and I, I think I it's believe C, you're right. And I believe it's C. That's why you wearing a hat with a C on it. That's absolutely, That's literally right. how you got through all your uh, schooling, or at least driver's ed. <laughs> driver's ed, right? That's a little scary, motherfucker. I know how to drive. <laughs> I don't need to sit here. You can drive, but you know the rules of the road because that's that's what's scary. Whatever I do is the right rule of the road. Here's the thing: if you see a train, stop. That's Please it. That's stop. All you need to know. Stop. Someone's crossing the road. Stop. Sometimes. Stop. Rose said she couldn't see these air spirits, but she did go into a trance and repeatedly said, "Quote: They're waiting for you." Rose told Crowley that it was someone named Horace speaking to her. Crowley knew who Horus was, that he was an Egyptian god, but Rose didn't. So Crowley took her to a nearby museum and asked Rose to point out Horus. She walked by a bunch of common pictures of Horus and led Crowley to the Stele of Revealing, which was a wooden sculpture depicting Horus receiving a sacrifice from a priest. The exhibit was numbered 666, and Crowley saw this as a just like one big synchronicity that, you know, he was on the right path. The number 666, Horus, all of it is lining up. I'm, I'm down. I get it. I see synchronicity every time I see 666. So let's do this, Alistair. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Do it. On April 8th, 1904. Crowley heard the disembodied voice of Iowas, the messenger of Horus. Over the next three days, Alistair wrote down everything that Iowas told him, and this would become the Book of Law, which is the central book of the religion that Crowley is going to develop called Thelema. Iowas told Crowley about three deities, Nui, Hattie, and Rahor Kweet. We're going to talk about all three of them, but first... I'm going to talk about Iowas. Mike, you raw dogged a horror mater queef one time. <laughs> More than once. Don't tell me short. That's ridiculous. You said it, not him. No one making up all these words. I'm just taking your lead, Ian. I didn't say it. <laughs> So about Iowas, Alistair wrote, quote, The voice of Iowas came apparently from over my left shoulder, from the furthest corner of the room, seemed to echo itself in my physical heart in a very strange manner, hard to describe. I have noticed a similar phenomenon when I have been waiting for a message fraught with great hope or dread. The voice was passionately poured as if Iowas were alert about the time limit. The voice was of deep timber, 
musical and expressive, its tones solemn, voluptuous, tender, fierce, or aught else as suited the mood of the message. Not bass, perhaps a rich tenor or baritone. The English was was free of either native or foreign accent, perfectly pure of local or cast mannerisms, thus startling and even uncanny at first hearing. I had a strong impression that the speaker was actually in the corner where he seemed to be, in a body of fine matter, transparent as a veil of gauze or a cloud of incense smoke. He seemed to be a tall, dark man in his thirties, well-knit, active, and strong, with the face of of a savage king and eyes veiled lest their gaze should destroy what they saw. The dress was not Arab. It suggested Assyria or Persia, but very vaguely. I took little note of it, for to me at the time, iOS was an angel, such as I had often seen in visions, a being purely astral. Crowley always said that Iowas was a completely separate being from himself, but throughout time spoke of Iowas in various ways. At one point, Crowley said that Iowas was his own personal guardian angel, then described Iowas as more of a symbolic idea, and then went back to Iowas being this guardian angel that was a separate being. Alistair said, quote, The holy guardian angel is not the higher self, but an objective individual. He is not, let me say with emphasis, a mere abstraction from yourself. And that is why I have insisted rather heavily that the term higher self implies a damnable heresy and a dangerous delusion. So it seems to be an evolving idea of what exactly this is. Yeah, and a lot of, I know uh, there's a solid group of people that think that this that iowas was actually like his subconscious at work here all right he's learning as he goes along he's figuring it out i mean you know when you're in in an opium den maybe he's one thing but when you're you know on a peyote trip in cairo he's a different thing suffering mercury poisoning (laughs) or having mercury put in your penis he's a separate thing Mm -hmm. or elbow deep in poontang (laughs) whatever he's dabbling in and at that point, that's when you get into kind of with it would go along with, I guess, ritualistic drug uses that that discussion of if you take something like DMT mm-hmm. or acid, like if you see these physical manifestations, like, like these hallucinations, are are they then part of reality? They're part of your reality. You you see them. So they are now part of reality. Sure, sure. Or schizophrenic people. uh like that they say ones that have repeating hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy on TikTok I found. I, I sent you guys a thing from him, mm-hmm. but he sees faces all the time. And when he talks in some of his videos about them, he's like, they're as real to me as they are as anybody else. So yeah, in my, in his opinion, he's like, yeah, they're part of reality. I mean, what's reality? It's neurons firing in your brain, telling yeah. you that that's what you see in front of you. I mean, Getting into some matrix stuff, but that, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the whole ayahuasca thing always intrigued me. Like that would be something I'd be interested in. Like the, where, where are they like South American shaman? Is that, is that where that mainly they do the ayahuasca? I think so. Like, yeah. It seems pretty, uh, pretty cool. I might be down for that. Later on, Crowley firmly says that. Iowas was the devil, Satan, and Lucifer using the emblem of Baphomet. Crowley attempted to clarify this by writing, quote, 
Let names stand as they are, and to proclaim simply that Iowa's the solar phallic hermetic Lucifer is his own holy guardian angel, and the devil, Satan, or Hadith, the supreme soul, being Rahorquit, the sun, the lord of our particular unit of the starry universe. The serpent, Satan, is not the enemy of man, but he who made gods of our race, knowing good and evil. He bade know thyself and taught initiation. He is the devil of the book of Thoth, and his emblem is Baphomet, Androgenon, who is the hieroglyph of arcane perfection. We got this picture of Baphomet here in the studio. Mm -hmm. The sabbatic goat drawing. I love it. Baphomet's got fantastic titties. He's got some nice titties. (laughs) That goat photo would be better if it was a picture of Tom Brady. I do declare. Just throw Tom Tom Brady's hat on there. With the titties? (laughs) And the horn. Like, just replace the... I'm going to tell you right now, Tom Brady has better tits than that. (laughs) Giselle might have better tits than that. Also, Tom Brady, there's not enough room in that photo for all of his Super Bowl rings. Just saying. (laughs) Getting to the three beings I was told Crowley about, Nui, she is one third of this triadic idea that makes up everything she has multiple titles including the queen of infinite space our lady of the stars and lady of the starry heaven Nui represents the infinitely expanding circle with its circumference being unmeasurable so it's just a never-ending circle mike's penis is unmeasurable (laughs) some have said some measure it by the screams they hear <laughs> reverberating through the walls. That's a 9.5 on the cervix destroyer. <laughs> My record was nine, seven, one time, one time. It's been my white whale ever since my white whale. Some have nicknamed my dangle white whale. But that's a whole different story for a whole other time. Chode issues in that one, so it doesn't matter. Like a beer can. A 16 ounce beer can. Not a Mick Ultra. It's like a, more like a Red Bull. The eight ounce. Hadith is her counterpart and he represents the point at the center of the circle Hadith has been interpreted as the inner spirit of man the holy ghost and the sperm and the egg in which dna of a person is carried when nui and Hadith meet it is what manifested the universe and creates all infinite possibilities rahorquit aka the crowned and conquering child is a lot more difficult to explain or for me to understand. It's very confusing. According to Crowley, the five pointed star of flame from Anakian literature symbolizes Rahorquit. From my very limited understanding, is that Rahorquit is the manifestation of Horus, the son of Isis and Osiris, and who killed Serpent of the Nile. You know what symbolizes Mike Raw Dog and the Horquit? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. 
Oh. <laughs> that is so gross. That is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's the grossest episode we've ever had. <laughs> You all right over there? Yeah. It's oh, my stomach hurts. Come cake, come cakes and queefs and period pies and more. <laughs> this episode has it all. A little bit around Jeremy. Yeah, that was <laughs> number one. I posted that photo by the way during the break. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> People love it apparently. <laughs> Ian had to do the editing for you, and I had to uh, make it fit in your Instagram. Like, oh, man. It's a lot of work we put into that. It's complicated. <laughs> Fucking boomers, right? That's right. All right, let's move on, please. Without ever having to relive that again. So, according to Crowley, when Rahorquit slayed the serpent, it ended the mystical time period that mankind was living in. Rahorquit became the ruler of this new time period, which people who believe in Thelema call these time periods aeons. In Thelema, it's believed that the history of humanity can be divided into a series of aeons, each of which had its own forms of magical and religious expression. The first of these was the aeon of Isis, which Thelemites believe occurred during prehistory and saw mankind worshiping a great goddess symbolized by the ancient Egyptian deity Isis. This was followed by the Aeon of Osiris, a period that took place in the classical and medieval centuries when humanity worshiped a singular male god symbolized by the Egyptian god Osiris, which resulted in society being dominated by patriarchal values. The third aeon and what we're currently living in is the aeon of Horus, which at some point humanity will enter a time of self-realization and self-actualization. I hope it's soon, Ian. I hope it's soon. Hopefully. Some Thelemites believe that the aeon of Ma'at will eventually replace the present one, Ma'at being the Egyptian goddess who represented truth, balance, order, harmony, law, morality, and justice. And she also regulated the stars and seasons. At the time, Crowley didn't know what to do with the Book of Law. He said that he ignored the instructions that the text, that the text commanded him to do, which included stealing the stele of revealing from that museum settling his own island, and translating the book into every language. According to Crowley, he instead sent copies of the text to several occultists he knew and then put the manuscript away and ignored it. And that is where we will pick back up on part two. In part two, we'll cover Crowley expanding on the Book of Law and putting the finishing touches on Thelema. We'll also get into the rest of his life and him summoning, in my opinion, the most interesting entity that's ever talked about in the world of uh, paranormal and the occult, Lamb. Mm. The Lamb of God? No. Oh. L-A-M. I, I just said then. <laughs> I do love Lamb medallions, though. Do you? My favorite. Delicious. Yeah. Aladdin's, they have that um, 
that one roll or wrap mm. with the lamb in it. Well, they have shawarma. Is that what you mean? Shawarma's got lamb. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. I love Aladdin. I've not actually had Aladdin's. I've had other places, mm. <clears throat> but I love shawarma. One of my favorite foods. And I always get lamb. It's got like a pickled beets in it, I think, and pickled onions. Turnips. Turnips. That's what it is. Mm. Pickled turnips. Oh, pickled turnips make it. Oh, so it really good. does. Anything pickled. I've learned that I love everything pickled. Yeah. Pickled eggs, delicious. Yeah. Pickled asparagus, sign me up. Pickled turnips, fan. They're so good. I've never had it just plain, just always on the shawarma, mm-hmm. but I'm it sure I'd love makes it. Makes it. I like to just dip those in uh, in hummus. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. The pickled uh, pickled turnips. turnips. Yeah. yeah. I, I buy, love I Mediterranean food. It's mm-hmm. so good. I'm so fucking hungry. I skipped dinner tonight. <laughs> God damn it. Also, I'd like to settle my own island too. Like that'd be cool. How can we do that? Oh, do just, they have plumbing running yeah. water? <laughs> if everyone listening right now would just sign up for Patreon, we can have our own island. <laughs> and we'd invite everyone over for a big party, big bonfire. Of course. It'll be in like Bali area over there, one of those islands. Everyone wear your favorite Tom Brady jersey from over the years <laughs> of the jersey party, but it's only got to be uh, Tom's. Dave will wear one. Really? He'll wear one. Mm. We'll buy him one. I We'll buy you one. Okay. So, I don't know. All right. Final thoughts? What do you think? Good episode. Yeah. It's it's the hardest research I've ever done. Easily the hardest. Really? Mm. Very confusing. Extremely confusing. And you had trouble with the Rajneesh Purim one, too, just kind of putting it all in order. It just bounced around a lot. But this is just very confusing. There's so much you can get into. These ideas are not easy to comprehend. No, they're, it's, it's like everything that I intricate. said. is yeah, yeah. Like and we didn't even talk about Thelema. Right. Really tonight. That, right. That'll all be next week. We'll really get into what that all entails look if summoning demons was easy every fucking person would be doing it so this is true it's got to be a little complicated some would argue we summon our demons every week dave when you and i drank 39 beers each (laughs) post pictures of ron jeremy sucking his own dick sure i have never done anything (laughs) i'm more class than that talk about a demon (laughs) i listen to our attorneys Unlike some people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This stuff is uh, it's fascinating. I, I think, you know, I've said before, I think there's something to this. I think there's something here. Think, sure. I think that it falls somewhere in the middle that I don't think Alistair Crowley's just running around in Egypt and stuff just pretending to do these things. I think that somewhere in here there's truth, whether if it's just what he's perceiving or, you know, I don't know. I'm with you. I can't wait for part two. I find it quite interesting. Lamb is very interesting. Lamb might be one of the most interesting subjects of the paranormal and things like that. Is lamb its own bonus show one day? I don't know. I don't know, really. I, 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 don't, mm. I don't think there, there would be enough to fill up a whole episode. He says this now. Alistair Crowley is about to become three fucking parts. <laughs> <laughs> We could do a fucking two-year podcast. Yeah, right, right. There's so much to unpack. Like I said, the 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 um the girl that I used a lot of the research just to kind of try and understand uh, the book of, especially the book of law. She has a a good video explaining that mm. in more basic terms. But that uh dot dot I don't know how you say it. 
D A apostrophe A T, darling. It's well, it's ma. So I guess da. Okay. But you know, I sat there. I watched her videos for two or three hours last night. I was just watching a bunch and just practicing how to say the words. Really, that was that was a big part trying to find Rahorku. Does she do one for Patreon names? I'd like to watch that YouTube video. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, here, here's how you say this list of names. You've been doing pretty good. You haven't had any retractions or updates lately. Hmm. You're or, doing great, Mike. Or we just delete all those. Well, you know. <laughs> do they really exist if you don't acknowledge them? No, they don't. I have a couple Eye of Horus tattoos, so I'm a big fan of Horus. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to show those on your Instagram? You know, stuff people actually want to see. No, instead of, show instead of Jeremy raping, sucking instead his own dick, raping their eyes. That's more when fun. When they open their social media and be like, what the fuck? Fuck this guy. Block, mute, delete, unsubscribe. There's a black bar. Settle down. Yeah, but there's so much black in that photo. Like, look, I'm a hairy guy. I'm not that hairy. That's unreal. It doesn't even look real. It's like Brillo pads all over his body. You're also not a rapist uh, sitting in L.A. County Jail right now getting charged with 37 counts of rape. Also that. Yeah. At least not yet. I mean. <laughs> it's time. I can't tell the future. Hey, we don't know where this show's going to take us. <laughs> I like to think but before I got to that point, Chris Hansen would intervene, though, right? He's got to. He knows I'm a big fan. He'd help me out. Yeah. Put you on the right path. Not that I'm worried that that would happen. I started working on a, a project where I was cutting up Chris Hansen clips and cutting up clips of you, I remember you, saying of you speaking at the show. And I, I never, it's quite tedious, but I'll get there one. But day. is there a lot that I say that would be like childy? Like, I don't, you'd have to just take it out of context. Obviously, but yeah, it'd be done. It's just very tedious. I'll get there one day. It's out of nowhere that we'll have Chris Hansen interviewing you and it will be glorious. Why don't you have a seat there, Mike? <laughs> I'd be fangirling out for Chris Hansen. I will have a seat, Chris. I'd love to have a seat. <laughs> right on your lap. <laughs> I didn't say that. Have a weed and a pizza. Here's a slice, Chris Hansen. I don't do the weeds. I'm a sober individual. I will have some pizza with Chris Hansen. That'd be a good time. Be like a buddy movie. Can you imagine, though, just the stories he has, like the shit that doesn't make TV? Oh, yeah. I'd love to talk with him for a while. All right. Ian, let's work on getting him on the show. All right. We can get him on Cameo, right? That's right. For like, Maybe we can yeah, use that. I don't know, 50 cameo. bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks. We ask him a bunch of questions. <laughs> yeah. He has to answer real quick, <laughs> like in one minute. That could be our end. Pay him on Cameo. Say, hey, come on our show. All right. If you'd like to make another 50, Chris. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be writing a book at some point, right? He's got to plug it. Maybe he already has. He Pick has his on. own podcast. We'll plug. He can come on the show and plug his podcast. I like it. All right. We'll have him in studio. He can have a seat in our studio. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat, Chris? Right next to the peg over there. He'd be like, he'd can be you like, fill me up, please? He'd be, like, he'd be like, yeah, I haven't heard that fucking before. <laughs> Dipshits. <laughs> Are we done here? <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious if it happened at a restaurant, like a waitress or a waiter. It's like, Chris, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> he rolls his eyes. Like, oh. Do you have any condoms with you tonight? <laughs> they put like a transcript. Like it says here, uh, I'd like to tickle your taint. LOL. Winky face, tongue out. 
Here's your check, did I, Chris. Did I say that? Did I say that? <laughs> I don't remember saying that. All right, we got some patron shout outs. Thank you very much to new patrons Jeffrey Naples, Chris Dodgett, Rita Sullivan, Big Lip Sucking, Tiffany Quiveris, Killa Kate, Melissa, Monica Castro, Chimpist Christ, Felicia Murdoch, Christina Bailey, Sherilyn Hyde, Steve, Diego Vasquez, Abby Cowley, ran out of free Necronomapod episodes. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I like your honesty. Louise Castaneda, Hugh G. Rection. I feel like that's the uh, second time we've <laughs> crossed paths with Hugh. Austin Roth, Walter Ware, BJ, Bo Bowers, John West, Amy Potter, Jesse Morgan, Holiday in Montana, Brody, Freddie from Texas, Ashton Stupfin, Sazlaz, Carrie Argento, Melissa Meha, Darkside Warrior, Grant DeBeaumont, Caston Horde, Angelo Jankowski, Nayeli G, Austin T, Suede 31, George Z, Greg and Chrissy Poplowski, Stephanie Marie, Annie McDuffie, The Dude, Kane, Chris Owens, Taylor Brown, Jennifer Eckstein, Chris Davis, Squirrel Grabbin 88, Marmaduke Shazbot, Michael Heller, Corina Lynn, Brian Marshall, Jennifer Forte, Casey, Ronnie Williams, Emily Rossauer, Smoking Doobies, Squeezing Boobies. Thank you very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Ian the Phoenician, Diane Lawson, Millie94, Am Beasy, Lil Red Hair Girl, and Skogan PDX. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what do you got? <laughs> Mike's, Mike's at the keg. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add tonight. I'm, uh, that's all I got. Doing well. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Your Instagram Thanks for asking. Your Instagram is blown up after the uh, dick pics you've posted. Well, it's uh, it's a hairy gentleman with his penis in his mouth, <laughs> but it has a big black bar, so you can't exactly tell what he's doing. You can't confirm nor deny. What, I uh, I don't know what's going on under that black bar, and no one will ever be able to find the original. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what mechanism you could use to find that. <laughs> Locate that original photo without the black bar, I guess. And it's uh, not. If it's, you're a super hacker, you could probably find it. It's 100% not a flaccid penis in his mouth that he's biting on and stretching. I am not. I am not privy to that information, Mike. Okay. Yeah, that's why I woke up at 7 a.m. one day to fucking text from you of that photo. <laughs> Jesus. Way to kill my morning wood. <laughs> Wasn't there always a rumor that Marilyn Manson had one of his ribs removed so oh, he yeah. could suck his own dick? Is yeah. that what it was? One or two ribs. Multiple ribs. <laughs> yeah, you got one from each side, right? He's like, nope, still can't suck it. Take another setup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no Ron Jeremy over here. I'm going to need about five of these removed. I wonder where that came from. There's that rumor that he was Paul from the Wonder Years, too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Except he's a hometown hero. He's from here. Man. Yeah. Disappointing, man. Yeah, not a good dude. Yeah, is he canceled mm -hmm. now? Is he canceled? 
Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty uh, canceled. Kanye canceled him. Not really. He's still on oh, the that's album. Right. He didn't cancel. Yeah, him. he didn't. Who did you just tell him? me he? Re- oh, it was uh, Chris Brown. Chris he Brown. like randomly threw Chris Brown off the album, but then <laughs> Marilyn Manson still like on there. in between beating women. He was like, oh, "I'm going to remove you," but not when Chris Brown was beating women. Yeah, Chris Brown's on some old albums too. I, I don't. It makes that's no what sense. I mean. That 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 Rihanna shit goes way back, right? Wasn't it Rihanna that he was beating yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, that was real bad. Yeah, that's not I mean. great. But Marilyn Manson well, was Kanye, very disappointing. Hey, it took Kanye some time, but finally he was like, you know what? You're off the album. A couple years, he'll get to Marilyn Manson yeah. and be like, hey, we got to take you off your 20, team, pal. 29. <laughs> hey, Marilyn, sorry, man. Remember that shit from 2021? Canceled. It's a, those but, memoirs. But, but here, his. take a shitty gray hoodie. <laughs> That'll be 90 bucks, though. Yeah, pay me <laughs> those memoirs of Manson's that never got published, but they leaked out where he's it's basically a story of him and Trent Reznor raping a drunk girl. Trent Reznor completely disavows that story. Yeah. He's like, no, that never happened. I distanced myself from him after he helped on the first two albums and wanted nothing to do with Marilyn Manson because of that kind of stuff. Is it believe that like, do people typically believe Trent Reznor on that one? I think so. I mean, it's just Marilyn like going into business for himself and trying to bring people down and, yeah, not great stuff. No, not at all. Okay, I don't like to turn this this uh, episode. Just <laughs> so we're gonna talk about something happy for a minute. Uh, Dave, over under Tom Brady seventh <laughs> Super Bowl championship, and I'm gonna say fifteen and two. What do you think? Under. You're gonna take the under on that. How many games are they gonna are they gonna win this year? Twelve. So go what? What is it? Twelve and five. Yes. They and they how have? far do they go? Championship game. Super. That's called the Super Bowl. The AFC Championship. Oh, or the NFC Championship game. NFC Championship. Well, <laughs> well, he's won so many AFC Championships. I don't blame <laughs> you on that one. NFC Champ. But they're going to lose in that to who? Welcome to Sports Talk with Dave and Mike. <laughs> I am not prepared to give a response to that question. I think the safe answer is like Green Bay, right? Do they sell the Aaron Rodgers? Is he st- he's still playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he hurt? Yeah. No, he's playing. Okay. Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. It's two old men going at it. Like, what are they, yeah. 78 each? I think Tom Brady already has seven Super Bowls. I this lost, I lost count about 14 Super Bowls ago. Huh? The Patriots, when he was with the Patriots, the last one he won with them tied Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has so six. six. So, yeah. so he's at seven now. He, he got his next one with Tampa Bay. And so yeah. Pittsburgh has six. Gotta get that in Pittsburgh cafe. <laughs> He's running out of fingers, though, really. Tom? Yeah. yeah. Start using his 12-inch dick. And it can fit, <laughs> fit 100 more. <laughs> so I've heard. I'm fairly certain Mike would fit all of Tom's balls and his penis in his mouth if he were in the studio Look, only right one now. of us posted a man sucking his dick on Instagram. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, Tom, it might kill me and suffocate me, but I will fillet your balls and pe- in your <laughs> penis right now. Look, there's no, there's no such thing as flated balls with Tom Brady. They're all inflated. <laughs> Sorry, there's no such thing as deflated balls with Tom Brady. They're all inflated. I think we knew what you meant. Yeah. Some people didn't. Most people are listening right now like, what the fuck are they even talking about? Most people I'm, have turned off. Yeah, I'm here for true crime and Aleister Crowley. <laughs> These guys are talking about fucking Tom Brady's balls and Super Bowls. <laughs> Not many people stay around after the Patreon shoutouts. I, I, I don't stick around for that. 
unless they see like 20 minutes still left of the show. I'm like, what are these? <laughs> this is, now these assholes are into something. Now let's just hang out for an hour and bullshit. We tried that before as an actual episode, though. <laughs> Crash and burn. That was weird. I'll just sit here and make queef noises for 15 minutes. <laughs> Ian and I will just sign off, mute our mics, and Dave will just... It's like a, he's like a shitty beatboxer. <laughs> Out of rhythm. Yeah. No rhythm beatbox. Oh, and, and no sound. <laughs> Okay, I on uh, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod, Amazon search Necronomapod, and we got stickers at Necronomapod.com. So uh, check those out. Also, if you're uh, buying any merch from us, make sure it is only from Amazon. On Amazon, the seller is Amazon. Otherwise, you're buying from people that are stealing from us. So just want to make that clear. I think that's it. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.